feeling fear is the price of admission for playing, mm -hmm. right? That you, when you agree to compete for a state championship, to play on an NCAA team, whatever it is, right? And you've played at every level, like you signed up, right? The terms and conditions were that I'm going to be scared, tight, tentative, nervous, right. fearful, whatever. <laughs> That's what you signed up for. So congratulations. Don't now wonder why you feel that. Just, right. just learn to build a capacity to, to work with it. Well, hi everyone, and welcome to the Mindset Coach Academy podcast. We're getting in it, into it today with John O'Sullivan. John and I go way back. We have been speaking together. We've been at conferences together. We've done booths together. And he is someone that I definitely respect, admire, and even look up to as someone in the sports world that is making huge changes. In fact, his company is called Changing the Game Project. And his focus is really on helping parents and coaches coach better. And I know that he does that and he lives that every day. He's also the author of a few amazing books, Changing the Game for Parents and Every Moment Matters, um, which is all about coaching. So definitely encourage you to check those out if you haven't already. I know a lot of you guys follow his podcast as well, Changing the Game Project. And he's got an amazing, uh, what am I trying to say? Summit. Um, conference, virtual conference coming up, if you will, and he'll talk a little bit about that. But you know, what I really loved about this conversation and why I think it's relevant to anybody that is coaching or parenting or influencing young people at all is he really talks about how we support young people right now in particular coming off or maybe still in a pandemic. Um, and you know, the ability to coach someone up and push them while also loving on them, which is a lesson that we can all implement at all moments. But right now, um, with so many people struggling with mental health issues or, you know, even just low level, you know, mental challenges, mindset challenges, how we bring our best self. And of course, some of that includes self-care and we'll talk about that um, as we often do. But I think this is a really valuable episode um, because we're really are talking about things that matter. And John has some great insight um, and things that he really lives and teaches as as a coach uh, himself, as a speaker, as a coach of coaches, as a parent, all those sorts of things. So I love this conversation. I learned a ton and I'm sure you will too. So let's get right into it. John O'Sullivan, so great to see you today, as always. Lindsay, it's great to be here. Super excited to record a conversation after we have so many that we don't record that we're like, oh, we should have recorded that. That was good. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm sure most of our listeners know who you are and, and all that. I, I did the intro ahead of time, but tell us what you're up to today. And I don't know where, where are we? I don't even know. It's, it's COVID, right? It's uh, we're in April, but what's in Donald Sullivan's world now? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I feel this sort of tangible shift to normalcy and who knows, we're still in a pandemic with new variants coming out. Um, but you know, I have kids who are in high school who all of a sudden don't have to wear masks and I'm getting schools and sports clubs and people asking for some in-person speaking and coach education and parent education workshops again. So I get on an airplane again tomorrow, which is kind of fun after 
almost a two-year hiatus. I've done yes. a very few things. And I mean, I think we found that virtual can be an effective platform, but not as effective as being there in person. And I miss the human connection for sure. sure. Um, so uh, yeah, doing that, um, our way of champions podcast is cranking along really growing fast, which has been really fun um, and getting good guests. And, and then, um, you know, we'll probably talk a little bit later, but getting ready for our second annual virtual conference, um, we just decided to do it virtually again this year it was a good format and it was cool mm -hmm. to have coaches from every continent participating and uh, um, so yeah we got a great lineup again of some amazing speakers and different ways to teach and talk about leadership and culture and being an assistant coach we have Steve Kerr's assistant Ron Adams coming best yeah. assistant coach in the NBA talking about that role, which we don't really as coaches get taught a lot about and yeah. talking about communication and mindset with uh, Trevor Reagan. And so, yeah, yeah. it's going to be really fun. We just, I just interviewed Tre Trevor the other day. So we were talking about you and uh, yeah, talking about. We all how, met at the same time, right? That's did, how I met yeah. you and Trevor and at I, the same time. Yeah, in Vancouver. I, we were joking about when was it? And I was like, how many children did I have? <laughs> That's a better <laughs> way of thinking of it. I, I think um, I, I remember you had one child with you and Jay Demerit had his little baby with him. and. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we had the grandparents traveling with us. We yeah. only had one and we were like, oh, yeah. we don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, so the way of champions, I know that's uh, end of June. Right. And we'll put yep. the the, sh the link in the show notes for people to register for that. Um, from what I remember, though, I mean, I, I think the virtual aspect is great. And I know it's a really great value for people um, trying to educate themselves in coaching. So um, we'll definitely put the link for that. I think it's just awesome that you guys do that. Yeah, no, it's it's super fun. And I mean, the last year when we decided to take the conference virtual, we we said, okay, how do we reimagine this so that it's mm -hmm. best in a virtual format? And we said, well, who's a collection of people that we could never get in the same room at the same time from right. schedules and costs, but we can get them on video in the same weekend. And so yeah. we got Steve Kerr and Quinn Snyder and Brad Stevens and Tara yeah. Vanderveer. I mean, we were heavy on basketball, but we had Cindy Timschel and Anson Dorrance and, you know, yeah. it, it was just George Mumford. It was just really cool. And so we said that again this year and our only repeat is Steve Kerr said, Oh, I'll do that again. That'd be great. <laughs> he so, said, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, of course that sounds fantastic. So he's not doing it till after the season. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed that's well into June, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's just uh, fun people that you get to have conversations with and we learn so much as interviewers, right? Totally. To, uh, to have these conversations and then the audience does and then they learn from each other and then they connect and they stay connected. And, you know, lacrosse coaches are talking to volleyball coaches are talking to soccer coaches are talking to ski coaches. And yeah. it's just really, it's just, it's, it's a fun format. And then again, you've got a video of it. You take it with you, whatever. Now, mm -hmm. would I rather be in person sitting around a table? Yeah, but- yeah. May, hopefully next year yeah but it's also a big cost barrier for people to have to travel somewhere so yeah that's pretty way cool. more cost effective for sure yeah and and yeah. time and things like that so yeah cool so let's get into it today so I really want to talk you know you've obviously coached at all levels and you've been working with coaches at all levels and prior to, to hitting record we were talking a lot about the struggles that so many athletes are dealing with right now and coaches and so much of what we talk about in the mindset coach academy is 
you know, really being an example of what's possible and holding the mirror up and working on yourself um, from a mindset perspective. But tell me what you're seeing. I mean, what are coaches telling you? What are the struggles that people are having? And, and what can all of us do as whether people are coaches or parents or leaders in some component, um, probably within sports if they're listening to this podcast, but what do we need to know and what do we need to do in order to help ourselves and help the young people that we influence right now? Yeah, and I want to unpack sort of the other part of your question a little bit later about sort of self-awareness and, and self-care uh, for yeah. coaches. But, you know, to answer your your question, I mean, I don't think it's any secret that we have a mental health crisis on our hands. That was actually happening before, right, mm-hmm. due to the influences of social media and all the pressures that that adds and everything. And then you throw in a pandemic and away from schools and friends. So I would say that on a personal level, right, I've been coaching almost 30 years, like you said, from little kids to college. And um, in the last two years since COVID started, of kids that I know directly that I've used to coach or currently coach, the amount of those kids who are in treatment for from depression to um, you know, cutting eating disorders, um, all, all sorts of stuff, right. And whose families are going through divorce and stress and things like that. In the last two years, the amount of kids that I know in that situation is probably equivalent to the previous 25 combined. Wow. Like it's just incredible. And, and, you know, just today in the New York times, there was an article about the teenage mental health crisis. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, we've only scratched the surface cause we have no idea what it means to be socially isolated from your friends or what it's like to, in these formative years of your life to see half a person's face and things like that. And, or to be scared all the time of getting sick or to have your family scared or your, you know, jobs, destroyed companies lost so we're we're in this massive crisis right now and um when i talk to coaches from youth coaches to ncaa division one coaches we're always talking about this and and how do we how do we deal with the person first and the student athlete second right or the student second the athlete third even right but how do we work with the person in front of us? And then how do we balance the fact that they are mentally, socially, emotionally exhausted and stressed, right? With the fact that as a coach, my job is to take them to a place they've never been before and push them and demand from them and say, that's not good enough and hold them to a higher standard than they would hold themselves how do I balance those two things? Because I'm scared if I push too hard and that kid goes over the edge, like, forget it, I'm done. I lose my job. And God forbid something happens to a kid that I love. Right. The same token, I can't let them coast because it's not good for them. And it's not good for the team. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, yeah, coaches are facing major, major struggles of like, how do I do my job? And, and Every time I have a player meeting, I need to record it. I have to record every practice just in case someone makes some claim against me. <laughs> That's not true. I better have evidence to protect myself. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, let's talk about the, the coaches that you're really consulting, which I think probably are a lot of at the college level. I mean, what are, 
what are they doing? I mean, there's obviously that you said like the, um, the sort of liability component, which is awful, but that's kind of its separate thing. But as far as that more nuanced approach, as you're talking about of like, I mean, I it's obviously very similar to parenting too. I was like, you know, my kid, my daughter starting kindergarten, like, and being scared. It's like, you love them, but you also have to push them, you know? And it's like, and so what sort of advice are you giving those coaches or what things are they coming up with on their own in order to have some sort of either framework or, you know, tangible thing that they can implement or, or they all just sort of wing in it. I mean, I think, it, you know, if we're just talking about college coaches, right, depending on the level, they have different levels of support for their student athletes, whether mm -hmm. you're in a, you know, power five conference, sure. or if you're a division three conference, right, where right. sometimes you're kind of winging it on your own. <laughs> right. And other ones, there's huge support staff and counseling and sports psychologist and everything there, nutritionist, all that sort of stuff. And so it, it runs the gamut. Um, and I know, you know, personally coaches who have just said, I'm, I'm done, I just can't do it anymore and have stepped away after long careers in this field, because they're just like, I can't put my family at risk that one incident becomes, you know, costs me my job or, you know, mm -hmm. puts me in a bad spot. Um, and, you know, but, but then I also had a coach say to me, you know, I, I just, I can't, I lose the humanity if I have to record every meeting or right. whatever. Right. And I said, I, the, this coach said, I can't do that. So the way I treat, and she's a, 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 a coach of a women's team. And she said, I just, I, I always ask myself, if this was my daughter, what would I do? Mm -hmm. Right. And I try to treat everyone on my roster. Like they're, they're, they're one of my daughters. And I think if, if I approach everything that way, um, and, and therefore everything I do is out of love. Um, mm -hmm. even when I'm being tough, even when it's hard, um, I, I, and I think, and, and if the parents understand that that's what I'm doing, then I'm okay. And, and if I can't do it that way, if I have to go to the extreme where the whole thing becomes so sanitized that it's like dealing with robots, then I'll probably get out of coaching because it just would, I would have no fulfillment from it anymore. And, mm -hmm. and so that's sort of the extremes, right? Of like, I am so scared and I just, I have to be an authentic human being and, and treat people well. And yeah. it's a really tough spot to be in. How are you handling it? I mean, I coach high school kids, right? So um, it's a little different. I don't have the amount of, of time and they're not living away from home yeah, uh, sure. or things like that. So it's slightly different. But one of the things that I do is I look for changes of behavior, right? Not on a day, but mm -hmm. over the course of a week or, you know, whatever, someone's not doing well, someone's losing focus, someone's off. And, and, and when I see differences, um, I'm, uh, I usually reach out to the parents and say, hey, you know, so-and-so is not themselves right now. Is everything okay at home? Am I, am I misreading this situation? Yeah. And, and it's been amazing how many have said, oh, no, here, here's what's going on, right? Yeah. And, and so I think as a coach, like 
you, you just got to look at it with open eyes and, and, and don't, what, what do they call it in psychology? The uh, fundamental attribution error. You know what I'm talking about? Like we tend to familiar. attribute, we tend to mm. attribute how we act or react to things as a reflection of what's going on in our lives. Right. So I got in a fight yeah. with my spouse. <laughs> I got in a car accident Right. And um, I got in a fight with my boss. So, of course, I'm in a bad mood today. But that a-hole that cut me off is just a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> but then we attribute how other people act towards their lack of caring, right? right? Why don't you care about this team? Why aren't you bought in? You yeah. know, and, and so I think it's a really interesting thing is, is trying to hit pause and say, say to a kid, like, Hey, you don't seem to be yourself. Is everything going? Is everything okay? Can I help with anything? Right. And, and that's, I think, the type of coaching that's needed in this day and age right now. And, and so to just focus on getting recruited or winning this event or this or that, man, like there's way bigger things going on in kids' lives right now. Um, I love that um, sort of framework for people to think about because I think. I see that a lot, or I should say prior to sort of all this, I felt like a lot of times, you know, take one component of, you know, mindset, which is fear, right? Mm -hmm. And and so often it seemed like coaches attribute, and of course, sometimes it is, but some they attribute like, you know, the lack of motivation or not working hard as laziness. Yeah instead of they're scared to succeed or they're scared to fail or they're scared to try or you know yeah. because of maybe it maybe it isn't just one thing that happened in their life but something else that is that is happening yeah and i mean i know you, you mentioned that you've recently spoken to trevor reagan and i'm sure you talked about fear and his I, I like his nuance of it's not about being fearless like no one's without fear it's about being able to dance with that mm -hmm. um there's a, a great sports psychologist out of Australia named Jonah Oliver, and um, he's coming on our podcast here soon. And I, he, I heard him talk about this, and he said, you know, the uh, um, he, he works with a lot of famous golfers and stuff, and a lot of Olympians. And he said, you know, when you're watching that person at the Masters standing over that putt, it's not that they're not nervous <laughs> or scared. <laughs> Or, or struggle to sleep the night before or all that. They feel everything that you do. They, they just have learned, they've built a capacity mm -hmm. to understand it and, and, and handle it and, and, and dance with it, right. right? But it's not like it's not there. You're not looking at robots that don't feel what, what you feel. And feeling fear is the price of admission for playing. Mm -hmm. right that you when you agree to compete for a state championship to play on an NCAA team whatever it is right and you've played at every level like you signed up right the terms and conditions were that I'm going to be scared tight tentative nervous right. fearful whatever <laughs> that's what you signed up for so congratulations don't now wonder why you feel that just, right just learn to build a capacity to to work with it well and then that kind of brings back to like people experiencing so much stress and fear and anxiety off the field and then coming on and 
maybe not feeling so quite so tough as maybe if things are going well in their life, right? I mean, is that what you're seeing with oh, your high school kids? Yeah, exactly. So now you now you take that and and let's say right their family's going through a divorce, right? And now the security of the family unit is gone, right? Mm. So I don't have this rock, this anchor in my life. Well, of course, then if I if if the one thing that was certain my whole entire life is gone, then of course I'm not going to be feel certain about sinking a free throw or, you know, play you know scoring goals in soccer or whatever it is like, because that security's gone and and so you know I think these are the type of things that if we recognize the same things that affect us as a coach or a parent in our lives, well, our kids are going through them as well. And so it's not a lack of caring or anything. It's, it's just, man, they, they, they got a lot on their plate. And then can you create an environment in your team, in your sport, in your coaching where let, let's make this the place where we get to put all that aside and just mm. have joy and compete oh, love that. and, 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 and just be ourselves and be, you know, be free. Um, yeah. Because if we can do that, then then kids will look forward to coming. <laughs> I think that's a beautiful way of putting it because it really should be that joyful place at, as much as possible. It should be the escape, right? Yeah. Instead of the place that adds more stress. Of course, that's not always true. Yeah. <laughs> right? Especially yeah. if we've seen mental health challenges, people go up to up different levels, you know, it gets harder and more stressful. But well, well, we we do like I do a lot and Jerry and I talk a lot about like you know, you, you need uh uh sort of a cue that practice has begun and practice is over, right? And so for us, that's like a circle and it's not a, not a huddle, but a circle where we're all equal and we all look into each other's eyes and we look around and sometimes it's just a couple deep breaths and like, okay, be here now, we here now, like we're good. End yeah. your conversation. I don't wanna hear about this, I don't, you know, like that's done now, let's right. be here. And then we'll circle up at the end and then continue that conversation. But it's like too many times like, well, when exactly did practice start? Because we're kind of futzing around mm -hmm. and whatever. Yeah. Like, let's be here. This is the signal that everything else gets put aside for now. And then we come back to it later. You know, I love my pre-practice routines. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So let's go with like a real world example. So we talked earlier about like, how do we kind of love someone and push them? And I think that's a fundamental piece of coaching in general, right? I mean, I think coaching someone to as you were talking about offline, like to be better than they would be on their own. Like that's what coaching is, right? Yeah. And so right now when people, some kids are struggling so much with life and let's say they do fail in practice and not in a, you know, they just mess up or make a mistake, which is obviously that's just a part of it, but they're not doing something they should do. Or they're not, like you said, not making it a, 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 you know, they're not running lines in time or, or whatever it is, some standard that you have as a coach that, you know, it, it behooves them for you to hold that standard and hold that line, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you know that they're struggling, potentially they're struggling with all this other stuff, COVID related or, you know, adolescent related or life related. How are you handling that? How are the coaches that you're coaching handling that, you know, something like that? Or what mm -hmm. are some ways that people listening can think about that? Right. Well, I'll start by saying that if you love someone, then you, then you are demanding Mm -hmm. then you then you have to be demanding it doesn't mean demeaning right mm -hmm. but yeah. like 
you are demanding, you are holding them that that's how you show your love, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not, you're, you're not loving someone, you're not respecting someone, a teammate's not respecting his or her teammate by allowing them to fall below the standard. And neither is a coach, right? Right. That's a sign of disrespect. Um, So, so now it's looking at, I mean, there's obviously varying degrees of mental wellness, mental health issues, right? And what if we look at those like we would a physical injury, right? If someone was coming back off an ACL and they were below the standard, we wouldn't be like, well, you don't care. Be like, well, you just blew out your ACL and it's going to take a while to get back. So can we look at what's the the trauma or what's facing this, this child or this young man or young woman and realize that, okay, well, they're going to be below it for a while. And then how do I work with him or her to say, you know, the standard of the team is this and you're falling below. And I see why, you know, that's, you know, there's a reason for that. But you also know that if you want to be part of this group, you need to get back to that. So um, let's come up with a plan together because, you know, I, I think one of the things is helping kids, especially teenagers, don't often see how their behavior looks through other people's eyes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So how do right. you think it makes your teammates feel when you're one of our best players, most talented players, and yet you're, you finish last in the fitness testing? Mm-hmm. How do you think that makes your teammates feel, right? No one's going to be like, well, they should feel great. You know, they'd be like, no, I'm sure it upsets them. Okay. You know, is that, is that like the person that <laughs> you want to be? Like, yeah. I don't think so. Like, let's, so let's change. Let's work together to bring you to a new place. And it, cause once they see you getting better or doing extra, they're going to appreciate you like, okay, you didn't make it, but here he comes. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so let's, let's give cognitive injuries, social, emotional injuries, the same, treat them similarly to physical injuries. Um, and recognize that they're going to affect performance potentially in a negative way for a while. And um, you need a rehabilitation plan. Oh, I love that. That's great. Um, Good. Cause I just made all that up in the spot. So there we go. But I, mean, I, I mean, isn't that, that's what, you know, some of these things we can break down into very concrete things. And I think you actually did a good job of that with this, because yeah. I think from the outside, it, when you're in the middle of it, it can feel we're also emotional about it. And we're just throwing shit against the wall, excuse my language, oftentimes trying to figure out what works. And sometimes it's just helpful to have somebody else that says, well, this is from a different perspective. This is a little bit more objectively what should happen. I mean, I think that just that idea of a real rehabilitation plan for, you know, other traumas or other injuries, not just physical ones is a a great way of thinking about it. I think as a coach too, don't take it personally. Right. Like that's a hard thing to do. I think, you know, 50 year old John O'Sullivan is a lot better at not taking it personally than 30 year old John O'Sullivan was like, Mm -hmm. so that the, the kid who isn't up to the standard, it's not a reflection all the time of disrespect for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And and I think this is where it comes into why do you need to build a, a, a strong team culture is because when that athlete doesn't necessarily feel accountable to you as a coach, he or she may feel accountable to their teammates. And if they feel accountable to their teammates, they're going to get fit. They're going to do the things they're going to meet the standard, whatever, probably far more so than, than 
being a oh, coach is going to be pissed. Like they don't want well, to disappoint that's their like, friends. That's that whole, like really understanding how the brain works. Right. I mean, social yeah. pressure and that's, using that yeah. in a positive way um, and laying the foundation for that. And then asking those, like you said, those really sort of leading questions of helping them build that self-awareness of how their teammates are thinking about them. Yeah, totally. And, and, and again, use, I think it's important. You said using it in a healthy way, right? This is not, you know, this is not peer pressuring people into being bulimic or losing weight or things like that. It's just like, Mm -hmm. Hey, we have, you know, uh, Trevor Moad, the late Trevor Moad talked in his book about the illusion of choice, right? And that sometimes when you sign up for a certain place, just like we were talking about fear, your choice is gone, right? He's Mm -hmm. talking in this book about you came to Alabama to play football. Mm -hmm. You don't have free will, (laughs) right? (laughs) You have made a commitment to uphold a certain standard by agreeing by your own free will to become part of this program. Mm-hmm. right so it's an illusion that oh everything's choice and so right. we talked about that a lot that when you sign up for this program you know you are by necessity limiting some of the choices in your life you don't get to be the college student who goes to the bar every night mm-hmm. right you don't get to cut class mm-hmm. <laughs> right everyone else can but they didn't choose to be part of this football team soccer team right. volleyball team whatever yeah so um segueing a little bit into uh the mental health and the mindset of coaches obviously some of the one of the things we talk so much about is um being the example holding the mirror up you know working on yourself in order to positively influence others what do coaches parents leaders need to be doing to ensure that they are doing that i mean you just said it you gotta put yourself at the top of the list um I mean, I, in my book, Every Moment Matters, I quoted Joe Ehrman to be a better coach, be a better you. Mm. And being a better you is not just, yeah, not, not just like, um, not just going and going to coaching courses and getting a new offense or a new defense. It's about arriving in the right mindset yourself to be the best yeah. coach you can be for your athletes. And I think what happens in, in coaching a lot, and this happens, you know, this is why people burn out, right? In this is why healthcare people are burnt out right now. This is why teachers mm. are burnt out right now. And I had uh, someone very close to me talk about this who was in healthcare the other day, you know, said, um, you know, said, all right, all day long, right? My priority in my day is my patients. And then it's my staff. And then I come home and it's children. Uh, and then if I have any energy left, it's my spouse, right? And, and God, it's tough. And, and my comment was, where are you on the list? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, this as, as a mom and a business owner and everything, it's like, you know, and I said, your list is upside down. Like, number one should be you. Number mm-hmm. two should be your spouse. Number three should be your children. Number four should be your staff and number five should be your patients. And you can, mm-hmm. because if it's not, you can't possibly care for your patients the best that you can. No. And this, you could change patients for students, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or athletes. And so it has to start with ourself. How do I keep myself and, and my family unit or my support unit healthy? Well, it's probably 
has to do with sleeping well and eating well and exercise, right? Like start there, create margin in your life so that you can get away from it. You know, when you're not at work, don't be at work, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and as an entrepreneur, you know, I know it's really hard to put down work because <laughs> there's always something to do, but you have to put it down. And so, I mean, I think that's where it starts is saying, what do I need to do to be healthy? Now, this doesn't mean that, you know, I ignore my spouse, family and job to work out nine hours a day, right? <laughs> as nice as that might sound. But I also have to say, okay, what do I have to do? And, you know, that's 15 minutes of meditation. And if my mornings are too chaotic because the kids are running around, well, maybe I'm gonna, I got to get up earlier. <laughs> you right. know, I got to do something to get myself in the right place so that I can be there for everyone else. And I noticed like for, for me and for my students, what I see a lot is like the, the challenge is you can get away with it for a little while. Right. And then it's like, as far as not putting yourself first and not, you know, not taking care of yourself. And then it's like either things are just harder than you think they should be and you can't figure out why or you're wondering why everybody's an idiot yeah. <laughs> when I say that sort of broadly but like you keep like I see that with coaches a lot like they're trying to to change people they're trying to help people and it's like that's all great but it's almost like we need to switch it like as as that quote you said was perfect like you want them to be better you want to be a better coach for them the the counterintuitive thing is to not worry about them actually yeah. at, at, at first, you know, and worry about yourself. Cause then you're start modeling this stuff. Actually, Trevor and I were talking a lot about that idea of like modeling what you want to see is one of the most powerful things you can ever do from a leadership standpoint. Totally. 100%. And you, you model it, you live it. And, and, and in doing that, that's also the recognition that just as a coach that you needed to shut it down for a bit, recognizing your athlete who I mean I you know I talked to people who played for Alex Ferguson at Manchester United and they said you know he was just fantastic about being like you know what go on vacate go to Spain for four days we'll see you next week just you need to shut it down right and just that like you know you wanted to run through a wall for that guy because he saw that you needed a break whether you were rehabbing an injury or just in a bad spot or the crowd was giving you a hard time or whatever um, so like, this is, this is it. And so finding that athlete, like, you know what, take off tomorrow, go get caught up in your schoolwork and, you know, go, and have a nice dinner with your family and just chill out, right. Get a good night's sleep and I'll see you on Friday. You know, like those sort of things are, are, are critical. Um, and if we don't take care of ourselves, we're never coaching at full capacity. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and like you said, you you can get away with it for a while. I, I, I would even say you get away with it for a long while. It might be 10 mm -hmm. years before it all blows up, but it will blow up. That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> Make no mistake about it. No mistake. And it might be in the form of a heart attack and it might be in the form of a separation and it might be in the form of no relationship with your kids, but it will blow up eventually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I think it's all about like those early warning signs and again, I think it's so like, it's so counterintuitive to just break the cycle of hustle and do these things that are slower and more intentional and taking the time to prioritize our mental and our 
And I mean, I think a lot of people are good at, I mean, there's a lot of people that suck too, but a lot of people kind of go to the physical health first, which is great, right? I mean, and exercise has so many mental benefits. You'll never hear me complain about that, but there's that whole other layer that, I mean, some people can combine them. I know for me, sometimes I can combine them, but that idea of really working on yourself from a mental, emotional, spiritual, whatever you want to call it, that, um, is harder too, because it's one, I don't think that we're all in the habit of it, but also it, it, it's, it's slower. And that's really counterintuitive to a lot of us to yeah. stop, to stop. Yeah. And, and pause and, and, and be present. And I mean, I think there's just, you know, every year there's more and more research on the power of, the power of mindfulness and uh, mindful meditation and, and things like that of just how that is. And when you sit with your thoughts and, and try to focus on your breathing and realize that some days like, you know, I, I do, you know, I, I use Headspace app and I just really enjoy it. And, you know, I'll do these and sometimes you're just counting your breaths and there's days where I can count, you know, in for one, out for two deep breaths and I'll get to 10 and start again. And I'm like right there with my breath. And the other days I can't get to two before my right. thoughts wander. And then I come back and they wander and come back. And I think mm -hmm. it's really powerful because the research just shows that I think it's like 12 minutes a day of mindfulness just how much it improves your focus and your attention and, and and things like that and I just listened to a great interview and I forget the author's name who just wrote a book on attention um, I think she was being interviewed by Brene Brown and she said think of it as like a flashlight in a dark room right you the idea that we can multitask is 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 bull right you have to think of your mind can only be focused on one thing at a time, right? And so think of it as a flashlight. Where's the flashlight shining right now? Mm. And if your flashlight's all over the room, <laughs> you're in trouble. You're, right. you're going to trip and fall, right? So um, we have to think about that. And what mindfulness helps you realize is how to do that, how to get into that space, but then also um, just how hard it is to control your thoughts. Mm -hmm. which is a really good thing to think, wow, if I can't control my own thoughts, how could I possibly control the thoughts of others <laughs> and <laughs> actions of others? Right. And then that's kind of a like, like, ah, okay, I got it. <laughs> a good exercise. And letting a good go. exercise and humility. Yeah, that's great. So mindfulness has become a, a practice for you. Yes, for, for sure. And, and I, I miss days, right? I have mornings sure. where my morning, you know, gets started late or gets away from me or whatever. But yeah, I think it's a, a really important thing. Never regret doing it. I'm never yeah. like, oh, wow, that was bad. It usually just gives me insight into my day and, and sometimes twice, right? If I have a difficult conversation coming up, yeah, I'll sit down, even if it's just five minutes, mm -hmm. right? And turn off everything. And, you know, you and I were talking about the power of putting your phone on do not disturb and just being there and putting your feet on the ground or going for a walk or something that just mm -hmm. recenters you is, is huge. I think it's, um, it's such a good reminder for, for all of us, but I think, you know, people that listen to this podcast are generally like us. They're athletes, they're high performers, they're driven people. And it, again, I just feel like we have to keep like, and, and I'm, I'm talking to myself too. Like I have to keep like, even though I teach this stuff, like beating my head with like, it's not about finishing, it's not about spending 15 more minutes on email. Mm -hmm. Like 
the idea that you can spend time on, again, I'm, I'm real good on the, on the physical side, mostly because I start going crazy if I don't work out, but um, prioritizing this, like a lot of times I'll call it white space in your life, but like the time when you're not on and mm. quiet and you're, but that's really hard for a lot of people. And it's, I mean, it's really hard for most people, I would say. And this fallacy that it's going to be easy or it's going to always feel good is such BS. Well, I would say, you know? uh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, the, the digital mobile world has taught us to be uncomfortable with having nothing to do. Right. Right. Like we used to just stand in line waiting for our coffee. Now we right. scroll through our phone, right? We used to, you know, sit there waiting to board the plane or whatever, right? right? And now we we fill that time. And I, I point the finger at myself. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I don't do it either. Mm-hmm. But just our ability to be present with our, our thoughts. And I'm not saying that we didn't used to read a book or read a newspaper in those moments. Yeah. But just, I mean, how hard is it, right? And And I noticed this, you know, it's worse. I have two teenagers, right? And it's like, get a group of them together. And as soon as there's a pause in a conversation, everyone picks up their phone. Yeah. Instead of like, we'll be on, be comfortable with some silence and a pause and then move on to something else. Like we fill that space immediately with more stimulation, get our little dopamine rush, but man, it's not a healthy thing. Yeah. So brings me to, um, I do like these five rapid fire questions. Oh, at the yeah. end. Rapid-ish. Rapid-ish. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. This is a great thing. Uh, I love, I love learning from, from all my guests as well. Okay. Uh, what are you currently consuming? Um, from like a learning perspective Anything. or like eh. eating? <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Information. <laughs> Information. Information. Um, you know, I just got, um, talk about one of the earliest talks I ever did being with with you and Trevor um also one of the earlier ones back in the beginning of change the game project I did one with James Clear and so um so I read Atomic Habits when it first Mm. came out and had him on the podcast but I just got it on audiobook and have just been listening to that because it's such 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 a good actionable book and I have two of my college teams going to do it for a summer read and um Oh, so good. And I was, we, my, my daughter had like a state semifinal soccer game yesterday and we had to drive over to Portland and my wife and I were listening to it in the car as well. She's yeah. like, oh, this is really good. It so that's good what I'm currently consuming along with the odd podcast and interview and stuff yeah. like that. But that sure. that would be my, my current. I yeah. have to read that one again too. Yeah. Uh, what are you creating? Um, I mean, working on, you know, I create these weekly podcasts. So that's a lot of work. Um, and putting on this conference at the end of June, uh, I'm doing that. I am creating in my mind, two new books. Um, they're not really hitting paper yet, which because just of some other things going on in my life. But like, uh, yeah, I really want to get back to to write again. And I'm kind of one of those people who has to write on a schedule with set blocks of time. Mm. And so I tend to procrastinate until someone forces me to be on that schedule, AKA an editor, and then I'll go start writing again. So, um, <laughs> well, yeah. you figured out the structure that works for you, uh, the scaffolding, if you will. I did for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, what's thing, what's one thing you do daily? Um, 
Huh. I think I'm not going to say something stupid like sleep or eat or brush my teeth. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'd like, you know, we talked a little bit about some meditation and stuff, and I would say that's almost daily. Um, yeah, I do sure. miss out there. Um, I'm pretty good at just even, you know, just breathing for a minute if, if that's all I find time for. Um, so, so that would be one and not daily, but probably five days a week. I'm pretty good at, you know, exercising and, you know, I I don't, I don't belong to a gym, but I skate ski, I downhill ski, I mountain bike, I do things like that. So, so that's kind of, I've been pretty good about that. Yeah. Uh, what is your next big leap? Ooh, these are good. Um, I mean, I would say leaping into, you know, I, I took a leap a couple of years ago, starting to do some of this team development work. Mm. And, and that has been really fun and, and challenging. Um, my next big leap, uh, you know, would be sort of writing a, a new book that is kind of complementary to that kind of work. Mm. on how to be a great teammate um and then um i mean i think you know my my next big uh leap is going to be having children graduate and move out of the house here pretty soon <laughs> and yeah. how does that change your world of being for on sure. call for right now 16 years and then all of a sudden they're not there you yeah. know so that that's going to be an interesting leap and how does that shape um uh, business and things like that. My, my daughter thinks the leap should be get a cat. And I'm like, heck no, I'm not getting a cat. Cause it's going to be <laughs> You're my almost cat. Gone. I know. <laughs> You're leaving and I don't want a cat. <laughs> Probably can't take it to the dorm. Yeah. Um, what is bringing you joy or wonder right now? Um, L- last one, last challenging yeah, yeah. question. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I really, because the type of exercise that I do puts me out in the woods and nature and stuff mm. like that. I mean, exercise brings me joy because it, it keeps me pretty present in what I'm doing. Um, so I, I love that. Um, and coaching, I mean, keeping my, my toe dipped in coaching this group of boys that I'm with has been, I mean, I, I, I took them over in you know, late 2019. Uh, so first year got interrupted by COVID second year Mm. third you know and so it's like it's been you know they they bring me you know a lot of times that's the best part of my day is that last couple hours to go out and coach them and and be around them and see their joy and try to create an environment that they look forward to a couple times a week that that's that brings me a lot of joy well they are so lucky to have you um right thank you so much john how can people um find out more about you or find yeah, sure. you on the world wide web <laughs> i mean changing the game project.com is the the mothership for all things social media and everything you can find our conference registration there just on the main menu it says way of champions conference it says podcast if you want to listen and to that's the podcast. open and then it's open um, yeah you can register now for sure until when uh, you can register up until, um, but we do ship books. You do get books as part of the registration. So oh, nice. like June one, if you want the books on time, um, mm-hmm. that's 
about when we ship those out. So, but the conference is June 25, 26, right? You know, there, there's early bird for a while and some special bonuses. I'm not sure if this will air before those come out, but uh, Probably in June. we can yeah. always uh, figure that out. And uh, yeah, um, so so that's, that's the best way to do it. And then books, you know, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Book Depository, wherever you buy your books, you can get Every Moment Matters. If you're a coach, changing the game if you're a parent or both. Nice. Well, John, I so appreciate your time as always. It's so fun to catch up with you. And I love how much you share of all your knowledge, both as an influencer and author and coaching yourself, of course. So thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Thank you. I love the work that you do as well. And I'm um, honored to be a guest. Thanks, John. Have a great day. Yeah. Ah, so there you have it. John always brings it up. He also has such a great time talking. I hope that you love this episode as much as I did. You know, a couple things that I thought were just so important is really talking about that fundamental attrition error. I think that is something that is so, uh, that framework can be so helpful in, in how we see and how we assume and frame when we see someone else struggling and just recognizing that, you know, they are probably going through it in some respect. It's not because it has anything to do with you. It's not because they're a bad person. And just sort of remembering that, creating some empathy and some compassion, I think is really, really important. Um, I loved his quote from Joe Ehrman about being a better coach, be a better you. I think that's so, so key. And when he talked about really a rehabilitation plan when people are struggling mentally, emotionally, psychologically, in the same way that we assume people need a rehabilitation plan on the physical side, I thought that was just a great way of thinking about it and recognizing that it, you know, change or, or healing may, may often be incremental and it's not necessarily going to be overnight, but having a plan, getting the buy-in from them is going to be really, really crucial. So, um, as John mentioned, um, he's got this great way of champions, uh, virtual conference coming up. So if you haven't checked that out, I definitely highly recommend doing so. I know it's a great value. I don't know the price off the top of my head, but I know it's a great value for all the amazing speakers that they have for coaches. So definitely check that out. Check out John O'Sullivan, Changing the Game Project across all social media channels. And if you love this podcast, why not share it with a coaching colleague or a parent colleague or an influencer leader colleague that you have? I think a lot of people would get so much out of this. I know that I did. So as usual, thanks for being here. Thanks for subscribing and following us and doing all the things that help us grow and bring great content to you in the podcast. All right, guys. Talk to you soon and bye for now.